Welcome to the Patriot Podcast, a production of Covenant Academy in Cypress, Texas. Our hope is that this podcast connects you to the heart of our community, culture, and those who are helping shape the hearts and minds of students. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Patriot Podcast. I am Michael Gaines. Glad that you're joining us. Uh, with me today, I have Covenant Academy's head of school, Leslie Collins. Leslie, good to see you. Good to see you, Michael. And we are joined on this episode by Covenant's Bo Andrews. So we have Bo Andrews, who's Covenant's 11th and 12th grade theology teacher. I have a question for, for you, Bo. I mean, you, so you're candidly through your profession, um, you know, you are in, in the word, you know, day in and day out. Um, and for some of us, I mean, we, it might not be as frequent. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious for someone who, who does that. And now a lot of us have a lot of more time on our hands. So we have the opportunity to, to be in the word more. And so for someone that's that's doing that regularly. I have a very practical question, which is, you know, how do you, how do you maintain a sense of, of uh, continued uh, maybe renewal or freshness as you're you're good, getting into the word, and and even for people that might be reading, you know, Psalm 46 with us, and we're, we're memorizing it, and and we're kind of, uh, 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 you know, sort of reciting that kind of recitation over and over. I mean, is it how do you maintain that level of 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 continued you know, fervor, uh, you know, in kind of that space. Sure. Um, it might be a weird question. I don't know. But... Yeah, no. Um, you have a favorite song, Michael? Do I have a favorite song? Um, uh, for a while, it was uh, the alphabet song with my girls. <laughs> okay. It, it, it ended up being the, the, it was just the one that we had to sing. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's songs that we sing like that out of practicality because right. we need to. Um, do you have songs in your life that either from uh, special times in your life or um, that, that you just find yourself singing that you just love to sing? I, I do. Um, I, I sing it in my head more than out loud, but it's um, Frank Sinatra's The Way You Look Tonight. So that was our okay. wedding song for my Fantastic. wife. Fantastic. Oh, lovely. Um, when you sing that, whether it's in your head or out loud... What emotions does it elicit in mm, you? Mm. Uh, I end up thinking about the excitement of starting a whole new uh, part of my life. Uh, I think about the opportunity uh, that I had to um, live uh, the rest of my days with my best friend. Uh, so I felt the idea that felt um, just elation, yeah. um, excitement, uh, love, joy. Uh, a, a lot of different things. Right. Mm. Um, and so it's amazing how um, we don't get tired of singing those songs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because when we sing them, they're attached to something meaningful. Mm. We sing them and they elicit something more than just a combination of melody and words. They're a reality to us of life. They mean something to us. The, Psalm 46 is a song. It, it was written to be sung. It, and so actually Psalm 46 starts to the choir master, the sons of Korah, according to the Alamoth, uh, it's a, a, an instrument, a song. The reason it doesn't become old to me is because when we sing this song, it's meaningful. It's, it's more than just words. As I sing this song uh, and, and the, first, the first three verses, um, God's presence I'm, I'm not just singing the words. I'm, I'm, I'm remembering that wedding day 
between me and Christ, to use your example, where I was in the tumultuous water of trying to rule my own kingdom and in sin I was drowning and headed for my just rewards. A, A kingdom of my own separate from God, we would call that hell. But in that day that God found me, this is the wedding song. Mm. He was my refuge and strength. He was my very present help in trouble. The, when I read that, my, my soul sings. This is, this is the Jesus Christ who came and sought me when I was drowning. When I was drowning in the waters that, that though they were roaring and though they were filled with foam and, and the mountains that were trembling and swelling. And so it doesn't get old because I relive the presence of God with me that, that happened on that wedding day and will never leave me. And then as we go through the psalm, there's um, maybe the, the, the next couple verses uh, talk, you know, ironically, um, in my family as we've been reading this, I told them that verse four is such a, a, a neat verse because it says, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Uh, but Jerusalem was fairly unique in its time in that um, it didn't have a river. It had streams. Uh, but it wasn't built beside a major river. It didn't have the Euphrates. It didn't have the Nile. Mm-hmm. It had the Kidron. Um, what is that river? And we were, I was telling my girls uh, this morning, that the, I think we get a sense of that river from Ezekiel when Ezekiel's being told to measure the temple and there's a river that's starting to flow out of God's temple into the earth. And wherever it flows, it brings life. And, and it gets deeper and deeper as it goes. And on both sides, there's these trees of, uh, that are planted by it. And the, 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 the life just teems wherever the river goes. And in, in the end of this great Bible story in Revelation 22, we see the river again. And it's flowing out from the very throne of God. And Jesus says, out of your heart shall flow forth rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Spirit, which had not yet been poured out. See, this is a song of God being with us. This is a song that as we sing, even in our... Uh, so uh, I threw a paper out as a kid. I got up at 4.30 in the morning. And I had to walk through apartments that were dark, and I was 7th, 8th grade. Um, and uh, I, there were times that I was terrified of what I would see and who I would meet in the ap- apartment. So I sang. Because singing somehow has the calming effect in that fear. It announces that anybody out there, I'm here and um, I'm not afraid, I'm singing. Mm. It also does something as it says in my heart, those songs that we sing. Um, In our times of trouble, we sing. But we shouldn't only sing in times of trouble. We sing in times of happiness. We sing at times of weddings. We sing, this is, I hope our families are singing. I hope as we gather around the table, as awkward as it would be to start a new rhythm in your family of singing a song around the dinner table, start a new rhythm in your family. Take a song and sing it together. Um, Songs are wonderful because they have melodies that, that make us together in ways that even reading scripture together can't. Because a song has a cadence and a rhythm that produces a unity in our voices. Sing and hear how beautiful it is to sing with your kids. Sing God's word and let that sink into our hearts. So this is a song. Anyway, uh, I got sidetracked there, but the the point I was trying to make is this song has a repetitive chorus. It happens twice. It happens in seven and then it happens 11. 
The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And um, as we sing this song, like th- this idea, the Lord of hosts and the word Lord there capitalized in my Bible is always Yahweh. This is the most personal name that God can give us. The personal God is with us. He, he's Yahweh Seboath in there. Um, of, of all of the angel armies, he has his whole universe at his, at, at his beck and call to, to immediately deliver us from this crisis. So we could say because he's not delivering us from this crisis, and he could, there is something better that he is with us in this crisis than if he just immediately delivered us from it. There's something better about Jesus being on the ship in the storm than for him to never let the storm happen. As we sing these songs, it's that that God is with us. The very God of the universe is with us. And not only is he with us in a us sense, us as a community, but the God of Jacob that's, that's a single person. That's a you yourself. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I love that I can think of God being with us as a community, with us as churches. Mm-hmm. But what's so near and dear to me as I sing this, what never will get old, is that God is with me. He knows my heart in the middle of this. He knows my anxiety. He knows my fears. Though I may not confess them because I feel like Oh, I'm around church people. I need to talk about how confident I am in the Lord. In the quiet of my heart, God even knows my fears. And as I sing this song, I'm confessing to the God who is present with me and says, peace be still. Mm. Hello, this is uh, Jimmy Ryan, and I teach 10th through 12th history here at Covenant. I hope that as you're listening to this podcast, you and yours are doing okay as you adapt to whatever your new normal might be. In fact, that's kind of the word or concept that's been floating around in my head the past couple of weeks. And it's probably the main idea or theme that I want to talk about with you guys today, being adaptable. First, though, I'd like you to bear with me for a bit. As one of the history teachers at Covenant, i probably be remiss if I didn't at least bring up some sort of historical element to this podcast. Naturally, my go-to in any situation like this is to apply some of the history I've learned to the present, to the now. Not because the past has any intrinsic mystical powers, but it's certainly more noble and concrete than the future, and can often provide at least some small insight into what we're currently experiencing in the present. So if you'll allow me a slight detour, I'd like to talk a little history before talking about adaptability. Now, a lot of people over the past few weeks have brought up all sorts of comparison points to what we're going through, each of them with their own merits. The Spanish flu, which infected a quarter of the world's population, is one we've probably all heard a lot today. It's a natural and obvious comparison point, as is the bubonic plague in the middle of the 14th century. These were both far-reaching, devastating pandemics with enormous sociological impacts. And given all the news on the economy and the stock market of late, the Great Depression is another one that comes to mind. Starting with the stock market crash of 1929, the Great Depression vastly altered the world's economy, causing international trade to fall more than 50% 
and unemployment to rise as high as 33% in some countries. It was unprecedented. The world's GDP fell 15% during the Great Depression. For a point of comparison, the worldwide GDP fell less than 1% in the recession of 08 and 09. Another historical event, um, but perhaps one I've seen pop up in the news less often, is the invasion of France by Nazi Germany in 1940. And if you can't tell yet, by the way, I teach a lot of 20th century history at Covenant. Going back to the event, in May 1940, Nazi Germany shocked the world with the unparalleled speed in which their military took out France's, which France, by the way, at that time, had the most powerful military in the world. French civilians in particular were not ready for the speed in which the Nazis took over. The old order, everything they knew, was very suddenly and very frighteningly uprooted to the point that on Monday, a family was enjoying a nice night out, Tuesday, all the trains had stopped running, and then by Wednesday, foreign soldiers in shiny black uniforms were goose-stepping past the Eiffel Tower and unfurling crimson flags in every window. Similarly, there is a lot of uncertainty in our world right now. Unlike in France, our enemy isn't necessarily a visible one. It's a seemingly invisible microscopic alien that silently infects its host. And yet today, just as we did in France, and just as we did during the Great Depression or the Spanish Flu, life is still functioning. We're still here. Humans have, time and time again, proven their adaptability to new situations. Our current situation is no different. And going back to France, Nazi occupation wasn't exactly comfortable. There was food rationing, curfews, frequent power outages, and, well, Nazis hanging around. But life continued. French people still ate at cafes, they still attended church, they still went to school. Now, I'm not going to say that it wasn't like it was before, and it certainly wasn't perfect, but they adapted. Not unlike many how many of us have had to do so today. I know for many of you, whether it be going to restaurants or your church services, or even our little school, things have looked pretty different the past couple of weeks. But again, we're here. You're listening to this podcast right now, are you not? And in Philippians, Paul, who was imprisoned, wrote about this very thing, about being content in whatever situation he was in, as he found his strength through God the Father. As you and your family learn to adapt in these times, I would encourage you to think on where you're finding contentment these days no matter how big or how small. Which brings me to my next point. I think in times like this, or even Hurricane Harvey, one truly does appreciate the power of learning and the spirit of continuing forward with learning in spite of inconvenience and in spite of hardship. Of course, one might be wondering at times how we can even think to continue to learn and do school when all this is going on around us. To which I'll quote C.S. Lewis by saying, If men had postponed the search for knowledge and beauty until they were secure, the search would never have begun. We cannot simply wait for the quote-unquote right moment to come along in life, as our world is a broken one that will never be perfect. If anything, moments like these are precisely the kinds of times to be learning, to be growing, to challenging ourselves, to being adaptable. And that adaptability is going to be key going forward. Anything big like this drastically alters humanity. It makes us stop 
and reassess and go, hey, wait, what should I be doing? Life is going to change. It'll be different after this. But different isn't necessarily bad, especially if you're adaptable. For example, going back to history, the Great Depression created a whole generation of people who saved every penny and ate every crumb off their dinner plate. And while it certainly changed our nation's security measures, 9-11 also renewed our appreciation for our first responders, our veterans, and our country as a whole. What it meant to be an American. Which brings me to a question that's been spinning around in my head the past few weeks. How will we change? What will social interaction be like after being confined to our homes for so long? What will worship services be like after being lassoed into the digital realm for so long? It's tough not being in fellowship with one another, but perhaps this opens up new ways for us to relate, or for churches to expand their outreach. I'm going to be honest, I don't really have the answers to any of these questions right now, but that's okay. We can take solace in knowing that there is a bigger plan out there than ours. And while I don't know how I'll personally be shaped by this event, I do know that it's made me at least in the moment, very grateful and appreciative of things that I maybe took for granted. For example, the easy access to stuff, like our normal grocery store items, our favorite restaurants, or even toilet paper, of all things. It's made me appreciate nature, even more than I already did. I miss being outside, I miss parks, I miss moving around, being able to go places, whether they be new or familiar. And it's really made me appreciate people. Not that I'm totally devoid of human contact, but just face-to-face -face interaction. I miss handshakes, smiles, hugs. I miss being at school, and it's just, this has made me so appreciative of all those things. So in this time of slowing down, in this time of adaptability, I hope for two things for you guys. I want you to think about what you miss. Think about what you're appreciative of right now. Maybe reassess a few things in your life going forward. And my second point, just remember that the past, history, informs the present. We have gone through some stuff, and yet we're still here, we're still growing, and we're still learning. Psalm 1. Uh, mm -hmm. says, blessed is the man, uh, blessed is he who is planted by streams of water. Uh, and and that blessed is the tree that is planted by streams of water. And, and the idea is that that stream of water, yes, is actually God's word. And, and again, the Ezekiel reference that, that, so that you have this tree that is planted, that is drawing its roots from God's word. And because it's drawing its roots from God's word, it is flourishing. Uh, we know Jeremiah 17 talks about, uh, the tree that is, that is thriving, uh, in times of difficulty, uh, the tree that is thriving in times, times of difficulty is a tree that is drawing from the stream, and that stream is the word. And the tree that is curled up and producing thorny fruit um, that is in the same circumstance, the same desert, the same heat, we're all experiencing the heat of the coronavirus, uh, that that tree is producing thorny fruit because of what its roots are. And so your root and fruit is what what your your behavior is and if we're the behavior in our life is anxiety um 
toilet paper fights. Yeah, <laughs> we're no longer we're no longer you, TPing our neighbors' you, houses. You, yeah, right. no way. Yeah, you might as well put money in the fireplace. So, um, yeah. So if that if that's the fruit of our our behavior, behavior is the fruit of our heart. Then then that's that's showing us where our root is. And and the stream is God's word. The stream is a relationship with Christ. The stream is centered on the gospel and His incredible love. And I love the idea. That you were sharing, just that the, the reference to the song, and I, I Robbie, I'm going to share a story if I may. Uh, when I was talking to Robbie about um, bringing him on the podcast, I said, "Hey, um, so by the way, did you write a Psalm 46, a song to Psalm 46?" He said, "I haven't, but maybe I should. If that'll bless our community, that's the way Robbie thinks." Uh, and then yesterday, right before he um, came on the podcast, he sent me a text of Shane and Shane, uh, who I I've heard about but had not listened to. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to have that on our podcast, on this podcast. Um, And I think it's ideal that it'll be the podcast where you talk about it so much as a song. Uh, It's powerful. Um, So I listened to it this morning. It's been an incredibly busy time uh, for me. And I even yesterday, I just listened to like three seconds of it and said, oh, wow, gorgeous voice. Uh, But then today on my way here uh, to school, uh, which is a really weird feeling. Um, coming back to school is is really weird. There's no one here. I mean, usually when we record, there's no one here, but <laughs> right. there's no one here, and right. there's not going to be anyone here um, for several weeks at least. Um, and I will tell you just the the arrangement, uh, the 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 lyrics, the way that he took these words and used the refrain and and used the the metaphors and the the musicality of it his the sense of rhythm the sense of building the escalation of the emotion i wept hmm. i just sat right here at the gate um, before I got out of the car and opened that gate and just wept. It was the first time that I had the opportunity to weep um, because I hadn't given myself time. I didn't have time. And that's, I think, what music will do. That's and, right. and that, so God gives us these lyrics. God gives us these moments. God gives us his word. And he also gives us these emotions, which are helping us to process and helping us to cleanse ourselves of, yeah, why am I weeping? Well, it's hard. Um, quite frankly, I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm concerned that how am I going to lead the school? I don't have anybody in it. And how do I keep everyone um, keeping our eye on the prize? And how do I encourage everyone? And how do I now move us for a time being from a five-day brick-and-mortar school to now we are equipping and empowering parents to homeschool? That's, you know, in, in, and you need to do this transition in several days. Okay, so this is the new calling. Um, just the power of music that God has given us, that gift, uh, I think can't cannot be overstated. Um, so I think, every, I hope everyone will have that sense of that power, um, listening to the podcast and hearing Shane and Shane's recording and arrangement of Psalm 46. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, yeah, I agree. And I think that it is, uh, it is something, uh, yeah, like you said, the, the power of music and the idea that, um, you know, just, just like you said, Bo, that the fact that, uh, even, 
uh, Psalm 46 is is written to be a, 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 a to be sung. Um, and I, you know, Michelle Hunt just uh, in our last episode talked about the fact that this is a, a communal song. So it's something that we can all, mm-hmm. you know, rally around and and um, and and really draw. Uh, uh, a sense of of not only inspiration but but peace that can't come from from anything else. So no, I've, this has been uh, that's, that's really good. So I, I really appreciate your your insight, um, your uh, being part of this community, Bo, and uh, and also for sharing your your perspective it was really really encouraging. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, if I could, yeah. one shameless plug for the Gettys. Um, because I love all things Irish and because of our nearness <laughs> to <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I think even our, our trip uh, for our seniors mm, went to Ireland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a song on their latest album called Living Waters that mm-hmm. starts out with the phrase, Are mm-hmm. you hungry? Are you thirsty? Come and drink these mm-hmm. living waters. Mm-hmm. And in one of the, uh, one of the verses, uh, it says, Lead your children to the shoreline. Mm. And um, may this be a time for every family to be um, a reset. Mm-hmm. Maybe we've gotten busy. Maybe as parents, there's things that we always wish we would be doing with our children and have never had the opportunity. May God give us all a reset that we could be leading our children with the extra time we have to the shoreline, um, that they would meet the God who has become near and dear to us, that we would use our time to be in his word in a way that would be refreshing us and out of the overflow of our relationship, uh, our kids could drink mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I bet that, I, I wonder if there is uh, a, a YouTube of the Gettys singing All Creatures of Our God and King. Uh, if if there is, I'd love to, to incorporate into the podcast that might be enjoyable for our listeners. But also, um, I know that within their recordings, uh, there is a recording of um, Kristen Getty um, in in one in the middle of one of the interludes in the hymns that they play, um, saying the St. Patrick's breastplate. And so this will be my plug for one of the assignments. She does a a lovely um, vocalization of 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 our lunchtime blessing, which I'm asking everyone, um, please let us hear your voice. Let us hear from you. Uh, share with us your uh, version. Um, and you may not have an Irish accent. Please don't fake yeah. it. Um, it's not lovely. Um, But just with your voice, we love your voice and your cadence. Um, Please make a voice memo and send it to me, leslie.collins at covenantcypress.org. And uh, we want to get your voices on this podcast. We want to hear from you. We also want to hear the ways that you're blessing your neighbors, the way that you're loving and enriching your family life with this time, this gift that we are slowly unwrapping. And we might be a little afraid of this gift right now. Um, It is not a theft, though. And so let's unwrap wrap that. And then please share with us how you're using this time and how you're loving your neighbors. We want to hear you from you and be inspired by you. So um, thanks for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So been having a conversation with uh, Covenant Academy's head of school, Leslie Collins, and Mr. Bo Andrews, who is the theology uh, teacher here for the 11th and 12th graders. So Bo and Leslie, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you, Michael. Michael. Oh, come behold the works of God, the nations at his feet. He breaks the bow and bends the spear and tells the wars to cease. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Patriot Podcast. If you have any questions or comments about anything discussed, feel free to contact us on our website at covenantcypress.org.